0: Reckless. I'm not trying to go in that direction. These niggas, they've been doing too much flex. They about to call the wrong attention. And I don't got no patience, no more test. I do shit how I want, don't be no blessed. Exo niggas ain't nothing to mess with. Nobody's stopping us
1: from what we desk. And everybody around you is so basic. Hello. Welcome back. Happy New Year, fellow Benin Boys podcast listeners. Oh and I are back. It's a new year, new us. And you know, we have to start a new year and bring back uh, a friend of our a close friend of ours, Ethan Tillman, host of the Black Agenda podcast. And he has a new project that he's working on that he will tell you guys about it. But um and, and Ethan, introduce yourself.
2: What's up, y'all? Um
1: yeah, I've been what uh I
2: guess it's round three for me on uh on y'all's platform. Um yeah, man. Happy at, least, at least the third time. At uh, least the third time. Welcome back, man. At at Ethan Zubadaya on Twitter, um, uh, we got a new um project we're working on. Me and a buddy of mine that I actually met uh through Twitter. Um but uh and it's a... Twitter Spaces, you know, the audio uh feature that Twitter has now, uh similar to um Clubhouse. Um yeah, but we're on there on Tuesdays and Thursdays around 6.30 Eastern. So uh check us out if you're on Twitter.
1: Getting our creative on in the new year, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah man. platforms, you know. So well welcome back, bro. Go ahead, Alan. Um, it. So it's the new year, you know, 2022. And, you know, I think the last time we podcast. Oh, I think was it before Thanksgiving or after it Thanksgiving? Definitely before Thanksgiving. It was like November, early November. So we gave our fans a holiday break. So was how is it? first of all, how was everybody's holiday? You know, Christmas. How was your Thanksgiving first? Then how was your Christmas and how was your New Year's?
2: Thanksgiving feels like fucking two years ago at this point. Like, <laughs> <Not right. laughs> um I was in New York. I was in New York. Um we did not travel for Thanksgiving, but we cooked. You know, slight thing. I tried my hand at a few Nigerian foods. Aisha, you know, did her thing. We cooked, and then we also went and visited. Went upstate and saw uh, our buddy Sean's family. Um, we haven't mentioned it on the podcast yet, but me and Isha are expecting our baby. Yeah. First birthday, you know, oh. So.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: We appreciate y'all, man. Uh okay. she didn't know-
1: hashtag. Say again? Hashtag girl's dad. Oh, yeah.
2: You know it already, bro. I'm ready to update my bio. Like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, you know, girl dad uh, coming soon. Um, but, yeah, you know, she wasn't on her feet too much during Thanksgiving. We did travel. So she was a little slower moving uh, for, for Christmas. We were back in Texas for two weeks um, between um, Thanksgiving and, and New Year's. So, yeah, and then we've just been back here, uh, back up in, uh, in New York. Cold chilling, you know, doctor's appointments and working, mm-hmm. uh, manifesting a whole bunch of productivity in this new year, you know, baby coming next month, wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah, man, she's she's way, way along, you know, wedding in, in August, Uh, shoot, hopefully some other things in the works, you know, we just trying and relying on on God and each other, so. Very Thank excited, you. man. You know it's, it's a it's a good time. Twenty twenty one was definitely like a a rebound year. Twenty twenty was kind of crazy, difficult for a lot of us. It definitely felt like twenty twenty one was a rebound year, and I'm just hoping to keep that momentum going into this new year, man. Heck yeah, man!
1: Wait, like they? Do, I want to do something like they're doing drink challenge. Run across for that one. Let's <laughs> <laughs> run right? <laughs> that <have. laughs>
2: Just don't cut me off as much as Nori does. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man how about you, you I guess oh yeah my uh new year uh er, well holidays went pretty well you know um first holidays with, with the fiance uh, mm. officially fiance now um, clap it up clap it up for that one <laughs> you know <laughs> congrats <laughs> my boy appreciate it appreciate it man yeah um so that was big you know did that uh right before the holidays then I got to like around Christmas and I was like damn I should have just waited <laughs> <laughs> I should have waited for a holiday to do it because then I could have you know wrapped that into you know consolidate my, 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 man my presents and everything <laughs> like made it you know a little bit more exciting that way but now nah, we had a good time um we were able to uh you know see see my family out and went out to Colorado to visit my brother went to Breckenridge and skied and snowboarded and then um christmas we were back in uh jersey with her family um and then i stayed there for new year's too and um so that was a good time but uh yeah it was cool man it's, it's a little different man you know like things kind of kind of slowing back down trying to you know combat the new omicron and yeah. all that but um you know it was still still a good time to be you know close to people you close to your close loved ones yeah, um, so that was cool yeah but i know I, I don't know about y'all i know last 2020 anyway I, we didn't travel like for thanksgiving or christmas we didn't really see anybody
0: mm-hmm. so hopefully
2: did y'all y'all get to like see more people this holiday season it was about the same for me i mean i guess because like you know i didn't uh i uh, everybody was kind of like in, in different parts of the country now like uh for sure. My sister and my brother are out in Colorado. So my parents went out there to see them and see my brother's kid. And um Yeah, so I, I didn't really get to see as many people. It was about the same as 2020 as far as like amount of people that I saw over the holiday. But um yeah, man. Hopefully 2022 like we can get this down a path so we can have like a real you know holiday season again. Like Yeah. I'm I'm predicting by mid this the midpoint of this year, we will be looking at coronavirus in the rearview mirror. I really strongly feel that, that way. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. okay Joe yeah. Byron. I know. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like with this this new variant, obviously super transmissible, but way less severe. And that's supposed to be a sign of like, I mean, at the very least, folks will have antibodies on top of whatever vaccine protection. I feel like we're going to be back to the streets again in so- the summer.
1: So you're saying herd herd immunity actually works? Is that what you're saying? Well, herd immunity is
2: always that in my mind, that should be the goal, right? Like mm-hmm. you you do it with in, in in a number of ways. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, news was like, everyone just needs to get coronavirus so we can build immunity to it and get him or herd immunity that way. But like that's a bunch of unnecessary suffering and death yeah. that's gonna come with that. But like a vaccine is a way to get to herd immunity. Mm-hmm. And you know, so you know, I don't know if eradicating it was ever the plan, but I definitely know at this point, like we are seeing people get it and not as many folks dying. Yeah, and if that is the case, I mean, that's that's a I think that's a form of success in some way, at least as far as surviving the virus and stuff. So yeah, no, that's always been the thing that um, that's been coming up a lot for me lately. Right, like I remember. What, March 2020? um, I remember Obama, like, (laughs) that's the only place I remember from is Barack Obama's, like, Facebook, Twitter post where he was like, Look, this is what social distancing is. Like, we're going to the house for two weeks so we can stop, like, a run on the hospitals, basically. And so, like, that's the last time I even thought about, like, what the goal is here. Mm. And that was, you know, like, two years ago almost. So (laughs) now it's like, okay, if we're in a situation where, a lot of people are getting affected but not a lot of people are going to a hospital like does that mean that we're about to move into a different like sort of situation as far as like you know are are we done essentially like did we finally accomplish it took us 2 years to do a
1: 2 week social distancing but <laughs> well, you know it's funny though right what I find <laughs> interesting is we have two variants right Omicron and Delta and this is coming mm-hmm. from your point of view Delta came out during the summer Omicron, wintertime. It's crazy how the Omicron is less dangerous but more transmissionable, and people are more afraid of that one than it was Delta. I don't know if the weather in New York, you know, had a play a reason because when the Delta variant came out, I didn't see a lot of lines to get COVID-19 testing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But Omicron, though, it was like lines everywhere. Like, I came home, you know, um, after... I came home on a Friday after work, my dad's watching the news, and they were talking about like everybody's on the line trying to get COVID-19 vaccine, and I had a booster shot schedule for Tuesday, and I told myself, let me go to CBS and see if I could do a walk-in, because this shit's crazy now. Like Everybody's like- oh. And I bet you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> huh? And I bet you couldn't. You couldn't do that walk-in. No, I got the walk-in. Like The lady was oh, like, wow. oh, you're lucky. This was our last one, and the person who's Damn. scheduled- um, missed out. Cancel. Yep. So oh, I got the booster my little brother took my slot on the Tuesday schedule. Mhm. But Nice. It's, uh, it's yeah. That's, that's that's crazy though. Positive. I for some reason I feel like this is going to be the new cycle. Summertime things look good. Winter new variant coming. I feel like <laughs> that's COVID-19. That's COVID-19 for us.
2: That's crazy, man. We might just have a new virus. Like <laughs> this is a part of our loop just you know, dropped <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that yeah. shit you you kind of it's crazy cuz you kind of feel like when you're going about your daily life like you you think about history like everything is already done Right. and you're not like considering that you're living it you're living <laughs> history and like the shit that happens in your lifetime might actually like change the course of human history um, that's true, yeah. I wish I wish I didn't experience this, man. I, really <laughs> used, like, I know, right? <laughs> I really didn't need to be a part of the sea change and like uh the way we conduct our daily lives, man. You know, but every uh,
1: generation experienced something. You know, I feel like what That's facts. Right. What you? But couldn't we have like experienced the moon landing or something like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I me mean, like, don't But Don't, forget.
0: Warmly, please. Like,
1: but don't yeah. forget. That generation still had the riots, you know, the civil rights, yeah. marches, Vietnam War. Right. <laughs> Inflation.
2: Inflation. <laughs> Inflation.
1: You like, you know. Watergate. <laughs> manufacturing jobs coming over, Japan, cars taking over. I don't know. Each generation yeah. is its good and its bads. They
2: That's they're true. not That's they're true. not impeaching presidents the way they used to, man. Like, <laughs> like, they had it, they had it right. <laughs> Every president being impeached. So we got the. I guess we do. We do have the metaverse. We got uh, billionaires launching themselves <laughs> into space. So. Yeah, really,
1: bro. <laughs> It's funny talking about billionaires launching their self into space because during the holiday, you know, my girlfriend spent Christmas with me, and I usually spend Thanksgiving at her family's place. I went to Phoenix, and I want to say, never have I seen mountains so close to a city in my life. But um, we're watching. Um, what is it? Don't look up. The yeah, movie. yeah, and you know, if you guys seen the movie, the billionaire had a spaceship of his own to go into space to leave Earth, and I was just like, I don't know if Jeff Bezos and all these rich people are telling us something like they got an experience.
2: <laughs> Yo, know, this is what I'm saying about NASA, man. Like people like think that there's nothing wrong with this privatization of space thing, but like if if you have to pay a private company to charter your space travel versus like a public i mean it's the same thing as like having a car versus like using a bus, right? Like there's, 100%. Gonna people, there's gonna be people who can't get on that, you know, can't call Uber. It's, <laughs> it's it's a macrocosm of like every other facet of our daily life in terms of like just public transportation. Right. Or like the privatization of healthcare. Like <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind if the government invested a little bit more so that I know this is going to be accessible to me if we need it, right? Like, I don't want to go talk to Richard Branson about escaping, you know, <laughs> while, when the atmosphere gets too thin, bro. That's <laughs> that is, <laughs> up, like, yep, yep, yep. So, I'm, how was your holiday, man? We, uh, before yeah, we, we, fine, right, fine. I'm your no, live, I, I got to hear holiday. I
1: spent, um, um, Thanksgiving in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, it's nice. You know, I see they're trying. I feel like that's not, I noticed a trend lately since, you know, as I got older and I learned more. And, I, and this is a trend with many cities with this idea to, you know, bring people back downtown, you know, mm-hmm. and like reverse that urban sprawl that happened, you know, post-World War II. And I saw that with... Um, I saw that in Phoenix, Arizona, they're building up the downtown area. Because Bree was saying, like, a lot of the stuff that we're around that wasn't there before. But I will say this about Phoenix: they only have one university. I saw ASU everywhere. <laughs> university in Phoenix, like everywhere. I'm like, so yeah, I just enroll everybody in Phoenix. Where's the diversity in the school? You know, like New York has like NYU, Columbia, Fordham, all these schools. DC has Georgetown, Howard. I was like, it's just ASU here.
2: What goes yeah. on in Arizona? Do they have like any sort of scientific research or an economy or anything that they rely on in there? Because, like, I mean, you mentioned New York. Like, obvious reasons. There's a bunch of world-class universities <laughs> here. In Texas, the same thing. You know, D.C. Yeah. But, like, is, what's going on in Arizona? Like, what? is there, like, a an industry or uh, something that people are – I mean, that might be the reason there's not, like, a ton of
1: universities. So I agree that. And it's funny because I was watching a CNBC video like a month before and she didn't she didn't, she didn't, didn't really know. There is science research because ASU is a, is a research university and it's a black mm-hmm. university of Arizona. And we know, all know all flagship universities in every state is a high research university. So they have that. But in sense of like what is their main industry, I'm going to be honest with you, I couldn't tell. I did see a lot of trucks. I don't know if like trucking is there, but I did read an yeah. article or I did watch a video about how – um. A startup car company is has created a business in Arizona, but it's not in Phoenix. It's like an hour and a half away from Phoenix. But okay. I, I can't I don't really know. I won't I don't know. I do know is the dispensary is over there. there's fire. You know <laughs> I had my first dispensary edible and it knocked me out on Thanksgiving Day. In fact, it's one of my girlfriend's parents, but you know,
2: yeah we had when we went to uh we went to colorado my brother brought us some uh dispensary edibles and yeah my fiance was
1: on her ass (laughs) like the whole day before dinner bro i think no the street look they're gonna make street niggas won't be able to sell weed no more because that shit was fire i hit up sean like right after i was like because you know you guys used to buy um edibles from, like, back in the days from the street niggas in D.C., and I, those never hit. <laughs> this one, bro. off the Oh, yo, one got me. I was gone, bro.
2: It's that West Coast stuff. As soon as you, like, get into that time zone, <laughs> the, the quality, you know, it it definitely you see a, a real difference. And it's not, like, you're not in danger like, niggas putting fentanyl in your shit like fucking Midwest in New York. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> Uh, yo. they're not on that wave, bro. Like everything out there is really good. <laughs> they don't, they don't listen to ESTG out there. I guess, fam, these guys, these these are new rappers, man, they're very disrespectful with it. Like, I mean, rappers have always been. I think I feel like if you're rapping about dealing drugs, you're a little bit of an inherently disrespectful person. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, man, we were at my uh my cousin's house. Uh, his his girl was having a like an insecure watch party, and uh, we were, we, I don't know how we got on subject. maybe we were just playing ESTG music, and she was like, cut it off, She's like, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the way he talks yeah. about, like, fentanyl distribution and stuff like that, like, she was like, yeah, he's, she, she's just like, very, I was like, you, you're right, like, I've heard some of the lyrics I was hearing, and when I thought about it, I was like, damn, like, yo, fentanyl is like really mm-hmm. dangerous And he's just like, yeah, I cut a brick with fentanyl. <laughs> yeah, bro. Freddie Gibbs, the same thing. Like, all these guys, like, yo, this this is killing kids, man. Like,
1: That's nice, man. look at us old heads. We're getting older. That's how you know. All these bro. Music. <laughs> right. You kind of yeah. just wake up one day and you're like,
2: hmm. Like, <laughs> so whatever happened to the pure cocaine rap? Yo. <laughs> But this is this is my theory about it, though. I think like so, like I think you know how the border. I mean, well, the pandemic really is just slowing distribution of a lot of things. But I think that like a lot of the crackdown on like our ports of entry and between ports of entry and stuff like that, like they're probably not getting as there probably is a cocaine shortage, which is why they, you know, oh. are adding fentanyl to make it last longer and stuff like that. No, that
1: is true. I, I had a, um, yeah. a drug case. Um and the uh, the case was um the undercover when the case of undercover is buying cocaine uh, and at the interview on the cover and he was saying like during COVID the price of cocaine went up because get bringing in cocaine into the country is tough yeah and when he told me that I was like wait we just solved the drug war shut down <laughs> ain't no cocaine coming in <laughs> <then>, bro <laughs> like, like just shut it down.
2: <laughs> no, man, because now it's opioids Well, I guess technically the yeah. war on drugs uh-huh. It's no longer a war on drugs Since, you know, opioid and fentanyl are the new Right uh, You know, dangers And we know who Supplies a, Who supplies and is affected by it And yep. is concerned with it So it's a, it's a different approach to drugs But it's just switched, you know, the types of things I feel like people are going to do these things no matter what that is true or yeah, how it becomes available definitely. it's an easy way to like demonize you know a particular group or like make political points but like you're going to have this abuse it's really just a matter how you respond to it all right i don't like yeah, you though
1: i'm pessimistic on how to respond cuz i think there's no solution
2: um you could definitely Try to treat it like an illness, you know, and now put people in jail for it. Super, you know, is- low-level offenders, people who are nonviolent, violent. Like at the very least, you know, change the approach to it.
1: Which, at my, which at my job, that's what we're doing. You know, we have cases where someone, someone who even has a history of stealing, first when we're asking, do they have a drug problem? If a substance, well, not drug, a substance, a controlled substance abuse problem. And If they do. Mm-hmm. You know, we put them in a program. Now, the sellers, nah, they get in they get them. <laughs> true. And I was gonna
2: say, like, in the case of opioids, like you can make the people who started this shit accountable. Like yeah. that's at least one thing <laughs> you yeah, can do. I just I just finished um was it? Patrick Patrick Radden's book. No, but I, I read the book based on uh that Dope Sick's based on uh, Empire of Pain. I need to watch I need to watch Dope Sick. But um yeah, he talks about the the um gosh now lost their name. with the name of the fa- Sacklers. The Sacklers, right? The Sackler family. And yeah, man. Like they they know a lot more. Like we think that, you know, these pharmaceutical companies like don't aren't aware of, you know, the high demand areas for, you know, their their drugs and and they know a lot more about this stuff. Facts, man. bro. I, I believed they did at the beginning. I definitely was like, oh man, like, you know, they don't know what's going on, but after reading that book and I said, like, no, they know exactly. It's because corporate, drug dealing. They have to it's corporate drug dealing. It's corporate drug dealing. Yeah,
1: truthfully, the FDA, a lot of people in the FDA, you know, deserve a job or investigations for even allowing that to go through. You know, what type mm-hmm. of research you're doing? But then if that's the case, a lot of people in Congress needs to go mm-hmm. into, needs to face the blame because they're the ones that are doing the, the budget cuts to these pro FDA programs where they're outsourcing testing to the com- companies. That's how Boeing got in trouble, you know, the airline the Ethiopian Airlines because um the FAA, FAA outsourced, you know, their um uh what's the what's the word? Outsourced like their what's the word the review to Boeing itself. So now they don't oh, okay. know
2: stuff, yeah, you know? yeah. like, like the that, investigation.
1: Yeah investigations.
2: Yeah. So, oh wow I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, that's that's what that's a lot of stuff now. Like you know, with a lot of um, companies, oh, they do let the market handle themselves. They review it, and <laughs> you know, we don't need to review what they're doing because we don't right. understand it. Okay. I'll
2: tell you what the FDA needs to investigate is what the hell Taco Bell is doing with these chicken wings.
1: <laughs> oh, wait, first of all, Taco Bell's on chicken wings, bro. They have
2: they have an understanding. They have an understanding, first of all. They have an understanding clearly. So like that's we're not getting anywhere with that. That's there's, there's some backdoor corruption going on between Taco, <laughs> Taco Bell, RBs, yeah. and the FDA. <laughs> I remember them saying, I remember them saying there's an allowable amount of like Non meat protein or non meat product, you know, up to a certain yeah. percentage, they can have questionable stuff or substances in the food and they won't, you know, ask any questions. Like <laughs> at, up to 30, 40% of your beef can be like. I mean, yeah, I've read somewhere where like some some uh, Taco Bell products were tested and like it had more non meat products than like dog food. Right. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's weird. What? But yeah, man. It's crazy, man. And now they're in the chicken wing business, and I don't know, but I don't know how it is in New York, but around uh, down in D- D- D.C., man, they're selling out of these chicken wings, and uh, ain't nobody seen squirrels in, like, two 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 and a half
1: months.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I wonder what's going on. <laughs> Talking about people eat Taco Bell.
2: Yeah, listen, man. I'm not, I'm not gonna hold you, bro. I I still will uh, indulge in some Taco Bell.
1: Wow, you know, there are just you know, my girl's gonna listen to this. I've I've lived this long. My girl's gonna listen to this and come at me because she orders Taco Bell and I come for it all the time. Yeah, look, man. Mine too mine too. <laughs> It's
2: not a, it's not a regular thing. It's not a super regular thing, but. <laughs> I ain't going to hold you, bro. Sometimes it just hold
1: you. I don't, know, I don't know. Maybe I'm from New York, but the Taco Bell in New York to me look janky. I'm like, there's not the real tacos. You know, like, y'all, I don't consider y'all. I'm like, what are y'all doing here? <laughs> I
2: don't you know? think you go to Taco Bell for the real tacos. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I don't think anybody's under the, uh, the belief that they're getting, you know. Quality exactly. Mexican food from Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell really has like four ingredients and they just wrap it up in a bunch of different ways and call it different things. But everything <laughs> like costs the same. You can just be like, I want four foods and they'll give you like whatever. <laughs> like you'll be getting like the same general ingredients. So like, <laughs> um, yeah, but you know the, so I did I you know, you know, uh Taco Bell and KFC are owned by the same company. So oh wow, that, yeah. Know. Yeah, so they, they, they have a some kind of source for chicken. <laughs> okay, you know, and but and um, the chicken shortage.
1: Is exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because wing spots, stop selling thighs. Yeah, I, I could be and KFC being owned by the same company don't give me hope. Because I don't eat. I'm I don't even eat from KFC no more. Like I remember when I was young, I used to be like KFC's the bomb, and I grew up and ate Popeyes for the first time. Now I look at KFC, I was like, I mean, were you dumb? Like <laughs> you like know KFC? That shit my, is dad, my dad likes KFC.
2: My dad yeah. loves so KFC. My dad yeah. loves up so KFC.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, introduce bro. them to the
1: Popeyes, guys. It changed your life. It changed my life. They I'm like they, they girl, have Popeyes. My dad has yeah, like had every kind
2: of you know fried chicken. He's just like KFC. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I saw somebody say, "Advanced Auto Parts could start selling chicken wings, and black people will buy it." And they're not wrong, <laughs> If it's good, if it's good, we're gonna at least test it out. I was know? gonna say, and that's the thing: people are at least trying. That's Taco Bell wings. That's the main thing. They just, I think folks are curious because they probably cost like two bucks for like eight wings, right? How much? How much is it? Yeah, I think it's really cheap. Taco Bell. I really like Taco Bell. Menu is really cheap, so mm-hmm. could imagine. No, I just feel disgusted
1: by Taco Bell to get Taco Bell. <laughs> that's something they, they got to leave in 2021. Now we're in the new year. What do you think needs to be left in 2021 that shouldn't be brought over to 2022? Dang, that's a great
2: question. Justin Lo, Justin LeBoy posts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Fardest> <laughs> <that one>. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh yeah man uh it started in 2021 i think um let's leave that there i have that page blocked though like (laughs) so i don't see those posts anymore but damn so fucking lame that guy man when drake say fucker respectfully i just want my respect yeah (laughs) like when did this guy become the mouthpiece for kanye like is he his assistant (laughs) I don't know who he is, Tikai, man. He's interesting, though. Like, he'd be like, that's where he's the source for a lot of stuff. And I'm like, yeah. How? How do these guys link up and why? But anyway, nah, man. Uh, th- those rules, I was I would be watching stories and that just dominated my fucking feed for a little bit. Right. You know what? I think in uh, 2021, or, or should be left in 2021, we got to admit that, like, Crocs aren't, aren't lame. Like they're just not, the like, Crocs are, Whoa. The people got to stop bashing Crocs. Leave that in 2021,
1: man. I'm I'm actually am with that. <laughs> <laughs> Crocs? Like that's like, they're amazing.
2: Right. Like they're so useful. Like they're, it's like, it's like the iPad. Like why, why would you ever get that? Why would you ever need it? Then you have it. And you're like, how did I ever live without this? I think Crocs are like the same thing. Like they're so utilitarian to your life once you get them, man. You should tell You some- know, I, I, w- I just wanted to say, like, you know that it's not just a trend because they've been going strong for 10, 15 years. Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and so, like, they per- they survived that Crocs are lame yeah. sentiment for a long time. And now they're. You mean they're even more popular now? It's kind of a crazy <laughs> thing. They they did have a, a good twenty twenty one. Um, so we should leave the notion that they're only in the and, past. I agree with that. And <laughs> if anything,
1: Crocs should come out with the tagline: "We are your favorite's favorite." Kanye's shoes, this <laughs> is high fashion Crocs,
2: the, the foam Crocs, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, man. You
1: know your favorite favorite. You know what I think should be left in two thousand twenty one male podcast. That talk about relationships, saying that they're high value men, bro. That I mean, oh. you know what they said? They they call
2: that uh, they call that low skill labor. What, <laughs> yeah. three guys, on, three guys on a podcast. That's no low skill or no skill labor. No, <laughs> yeah, man. that, the manosphere, like yeah. industrial complex is crazy. The whole red pill. I mean, it's 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 gateway to all that red pill stuff, but um, uh, but not. Nah, Like, to me, I don't know, man. Like, it's, I guess there are a lot of people who, like, need, I didn't realize how difficult it was for some men to, like, meet and talk to women. I didn't know that was, like, a hard thing. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's a privilege, but, like, I I just really didn't realize it.
1: I think we always knew as guys growing up talking to a girl, you know, a girl that we like you know, we get nervous. I just feel like these podcasts actually reveal I'm talking about the black ones that are done by black men have revealed that it, you know, to me, it's like the hate. Yeah. I think so. I think, though,
2: like it at the root of that, though, like, what do you think is at the root of that? Like, because to me, it's just like, I think what the attraction there is just like, you know, people wanting to like, what you need to uh, approach women to, like, uh, date properly is confidence. Like, that's what we didn't have when we were, you know, teenagers trying to talk to girls that we like. And, like, that what you developed as you get older is, like, you just develop confidence. And they've taken that idea that, like, you need to develop confidence and turn it into something really fucking foul and crazy. Like, it's actually that girl that has the problem. And, like, you're, you're desirable. You're the the you know like you said like the prize and you're the you know high value man and she needs to come after you and like turn like the idea that you need to build confidence into something like super like just silly and dumb really like uh i don't know that's that's where <laughs> that's what i've observed about like the the fresh and fit guys and like all these like different um uh, Manosphere uh, podcast guys, like the date doctor, peacocking, negging kind of stuff. Like, no, mm. it feels like that's kind of consistent. This re- this sentiment that we're seeing across like a lot of young men. Mm-hmm. Like, it has its niche. I think people are finding their niche as far as in black media because you're seeing so many different iterations of it. But like, if we kind of zoom out. We're also seeing like the same sentiments of like these overly aggressive, like um, counterculture, resentful young men, especially yeah. towards women, like across, yeah, um, like incel right, communities, exactly, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And, you know, um, whether it's like on Reddit or 4chan or whatever, like it's frustrating. Becoming a big place for that too, yeah, and gaming yeah. and shit, and yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Um, uh, what is at the root of that? I don't, I don't, know, man. Like, I think as it relates to this particular situation, I um, the Joe Budden statement, uh, you know, I thought was pretty accurate. Like, oh yeah, are, they know that there's going to be a reaction. Right. And part of it is like, obviously, we're being, we're trying to be inflammatory and right, get clicks and views and shit, but why... There's a lot of other ways to, like, get attention. I'm not sure, like, why they feel this
1: strongly enough to air it, you know, globally. It's it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> so what do I think of the root of it is? I feel like I'm going to break... I think it was, like... There's, I think there's multiple roots, talking about from a black male perspective to the mm-hmm. black Manosphere podcast that I've heard and listened to from the Kevin Samuels Fresh and Fit, especially the Fresh and Fit one, because, you know, they definitely blew up around during COVID, you know, I was introduced to Fresh and Fit from a coworker during the summer because just listened to it. And I was like, I just wanted a new podcast to listen to. And he uh, he told me about it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting, but I don't agree with what they're saying. It's just running the Kevin Samuel stuff. And to me, I think the root of it, you know, especially the controversy that's come out recently with the Fresh and Fit and their remarks among black women, especially dark, dark skinned black women, I think it's more of, I would say it's, Jealousy and self hate, and I think I'm mm. gonna tackle the jealousy first because, as black men in America, do you think we are misunderstood, even within our even within our race and among each other? I think so. Yeah,
2: it's possible. It mean- I, I think
1: yeah. I think people. Well, are- the reason I brought that I'm up is because misunderstood.
2: Were- yeah, like. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm. I want to let you. I want to hear your explanation or like the background of your question first. The reason
1: why I say jealousy and the misunderstood because I would say there's like, you know, this sense of like, think about it, right? This past, I said let's go for this decade. We have hear about the black woman. You know, they're more educated than us. Out earning their male counterparts. You know, in masses, um, independent in politics. You know, when we think of the black community, when we want the black vote. Who are you looking at? Black women What about the black man? And this sense of like, you know what? I'm the prize. You know, even if I'm a child. Tra- There's a sense of like retaking like, yeah, all the success you're doing. Yeah, but you got to cater to me. At the end of the day, like this jealous, like, like as if we're not getting the attention that we believe that we deserve. Mm-hmm. That's how I say with yeah. jealousy.
2: Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to something that we've, we've talked about before. I believe it was the three of us here maybe it was uh when we were filling in on a blank I don't know. Um but uh that like jealousy or that um kind of resentfulness that like it sounds to me at like changing dynamics and mm-hmm. um, a reevaluation of like what it really what really counts in order to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. I think that is more of what I think if you, if we're describing a misunderstanding as far as what leads to these feelings for black men, um, we need to look at, I think how we are responding to a, a changing world, one where mm-hmm. we're not necessarily automatically given the consideration that we are used to getting as a gender. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, and, you know, it's kind of an example to a lesser extent of when other, you know, previously, like, or dominant groups have to cede or concede a little bit of, like, their, the privilege that they're used to. Um, right. People tend to lash out and push back a little bit. Um, and like we kind of said before, like niggas have to learn how to be liked, likable. Like, <laughs> like it's a little bit more to it than just like, all right, I provide money. So what the fuck else? Like, right. Right, man. you know, like you've, I think you've got to elevate our thinking a little bit. Um, I don't know if I would agree that, I, you know, we misunderstood, but. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to your point though, Ohi, I think like, um, like, that, that that is happening, right? Like, I mean, you know, 40 years ago, like, <laughs> you could find, you know, a job at a plant or something like that. And, like, you know, you could find a wife pretty easily, like, you know, because women weren't allowed in the workforce at the same rates. I mean, like, 40 uh, was it in the 1970s? Like, women could not get a credit card without, like, having their husband's signature on the application. Right. <laughs> like, some of these things are very very recent and like you know now that has sort of changed women are a larger part of the labor force at every education level and you know every skill level and so like and a lot of those you know lower skill uh employment opportunities like things like manufacturing well I wouldn't even say I don't want to go down the make the same <laughs> mistake Eric Adams made of calling <laughs> manufacturing low <laughs> low skill but you know what I mean? like uh uh what i want to say like jobs that don't require as much um education um like manufacturing and the fact that like there's basically no manufacturing at this point um those opportunities to uh have you know financial success for for a group uh a subgroup of black men um who have historically had problems achieving high levels of uh education um like And now we're experiencing this situation where like America's post uh, industrialization and and post manufacturing, and we don't have the opportunity to seek out, you know, jobs that don't require education. Um, And now we're trying to like navigate this world where black women are more educated than us and can, you know, command certain salaries that um, could be higher than us and things like that. And, we definitely do need people to help us navigate these changing dynamics. I hate the fact that it's guys like Fresh and Fit or <laughs> Kevin Samuels who is like, There's nothing you need to do. It's all, you know, them that's the problem. It's all women that's the problem. It's all society, you know, catering to women that's the problem. And like you're fine. And like not like I don't think black men need to be beat up on like anymore, but we do need to we do need people to guide us to help us change our understanding of like, you know, how do you date in an environment like this? How do you find success? How do you find successful uh relationships in a situation where, you know, the main thing that used to make you highly desirable doesn't exist for you anymore or or isn't as important um anymore you can't just say like i got a good job you know come on a date with me because she got a good job too and like i said before like you might not have a good job so (laughs) like really how do you get to that place um and we need people out there speaking about it but like yeah these the the fact to what um joe budden was saying like you know the fact that they have a this platform, this opportunity to sort of change the social conversation. And they just go back to rehashing, you know, arguments that we have I mean, even before, you know, uh, the pandemic, even before like old Twitter, we used to argue about light skin, dark skin in yeah. and 09. And like, you know, these are old, right. old conversations. I mean, colorism is a conversation that's as old as like racism itself, really. Like, you know, um, but like just to, keep bringing up like these topics of like oh black women are angry and stuff like like we can have better social conversations if we want to but to joe puna's point that takes some talent and these guys aren't talented that's the main problem that's why they just rehash you know the trending twitter conversation the perennial twitter conversations because they don't have the talent or the intellectual capacity to think beyond that and to actually you know inspire new social conversations and cultural conversations.
1: And then i move into that to the second point is like self-hate. Like, you know, we, we, we listen technically two men of African descent. Well one is from Caribbean descent, but like African ancestry talk about their disregard for a dark skinned woman. And not only that, it was just even the name itself, you know, adding you know the stereotype name like as Shaniqua and all that. And for some reason, that point was the one that hit me the most because I was like, you know, if that, if you believe, if you associate Shaniqua as negative because it's not a former name as Elizabeth, then my name got to be ghetto too because my name is not normal in Western world, in the Western world. You know, my name is very complicated, hard to pronounce. When I was in school, I knew my name was called because they skip it. You know, they go like, (laughs) Elijah. And they'd, be, and they'd be like oh i'm here you know i just feel like and then this idea like i don't i'm not into the nightlife like the way they use it and i just thought that like you and that goes to the question is can colorism be a preference
2: can colorism be a preference
1: yeah because eh. that's what they argued to fight the to, to, to backlash like as a preference, I don't want to date black women. As a preference, I don't want to date dark-skinned women. You know, because, you know, I think, what's the name? One of the women made a point was like, is it wrong? You know, if I say I don't like date dark-skinned women, why is that a problem when a woman could say, I don't date people less than six feet? Less than six feet.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess like, it's kind of like when people say, oh, that's just my opinion. It's like, okay, yeah, but your opinion is stupid. like maybe maybe that's a preference but if you're recognizing that it's a preference rooted in colorism and if you can recognize that colorism is a byproduct of racism then like your preference is racist and you're being racist exactly like you look at you can you can say it's a preference but there's no way you escape that it's like a byproduct or of uh of a societal pressure like to at least a certain extent mm-hmm. um you don't just like feel the way you feel in a in a bubble um that stuff is rooted in like like what we are talking about like self-hate It's rooted in in racist ideas and thoughts like yeah like there is no actual like there is because if, if we look at the the counter argument like the analogy you made right there is no actual reason for excluding someone who's under six feet like in your dating pool right except like some sort of prejudice one is like but there's no like deep reaching like uh subtle uh discrimination against people like that is as insidious as we've experienced against black people like you know short people are not being <laughs> uh dis- disenfranchised and like uh you know uh you know kind of pressured Systemic, against, like, yeah you know, so- yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. yeah it just doesn't work the same way um some yeah. of that might be actually rooted in like patriarchy and stuff yeah. like that though right like you know women want taller sure. men because they think that they can protect them from violence of other men. So you know that's like also, right. you know, sexist as fuck too. But like internalized sexism in a way. But um but uh what was I gonna say I had a at a different point. I, I, I don't know man. Like my relationship with like colorism is kinda Different. My, you know, my dad is very light skinned. My mom is dark skinned. My fiance is dark skinned. Um, I always kind of, you know, view myself as being dark skinned, <laughs> even though I <laughs> even though I've been repeatedly told that I'm not. <laughs> but um I don't know, like the way that like colorism's kind of affected, like it's just it just never register me. Cause like, you know, and and I know that that's different, you know, because obviously, you know, these guys uh, have uh presumably have black mothers um uh, and say that they're not attracted to black women. But like I don't know. Like I I would think that as a man, like, you know, your first ideas of like and and maybe there's something deeper to that too. But like your first ideas of like, you know, love and attraction and those things come from seeing your parents. And like, you know, I grew up with my father who was very involved in my life and, you know, I was uh in love with my mother who was dark skin, so I, it just never registered to me that, like, you know, there would, to make a distinction about, like, you know, someone's skin color making them more or less lovable in the same way, but, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to presume too much about, you know, those guys, like, parents, like, relationships and stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe that did have some effect on why they feel that way, like, I don't know, I, I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like how do you see I don't think that you could grow up in a situation where you see a black woman being loved and decide that like you can't do that yourself. Like you that's not a part of you to love black women.
1: I think I think, you know, you just said it right there and I think well we know the answer to it. Because you said it you in a way you allude to it and says that how do you grow up seeing uh, your mother like these folks in fresh food or dark who are with darker complexion? Assume the parents of the darker complexion, you know, being loved and all that. Well, you see it, but don't forget what we watch on TV.
2: True, what yeah.
1: We see in society, and 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 I'll say this. You know, someone brought a good point. They're in Miami, you know, and we all know. Mm-hmm. Them, and Miami's right has a huge Latin population, and the Latin, the Latino population, colorism music plays a huge role. Like I seen Telemundo Univision, those people are mm-hmm. white you to just speak Spanish, you know. It was <laughs> like, you know, we. I feel like, you know, we see we could we could be in the home, but we're also outside of the home, and both of those images are constantly true, and you know and conflicting, and sometimes one side usually wins, you know. Sometimes the home side wins, sometimes the outside side wins, you know.
2: That's what I. Think. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Kind of going back to your um, initial point, Ethan, about like. Our ability to have these more intelligent conversations. Um, I think specifically about these guys and what they're choosing to talk about and how they're choosing to talk and think about it. And I don't know if, like, if this is something generally, but I don't know if these guys are being made to actually like question their ideas or their thoughts about Mm. why they feel this way, like. You know, leading more into your second point about what we saw in the home or what our expectation of, you know, love and attraction was made to look like based on our personal experiences, even if that's the case for these guys, I don't know if they're even being made to ask themselves, like, why do I feel this way about Black women generally? Right. Yeah. Um, You know, they're not, I don't think having those intelligent conversations in their own communities or circles or with themselves, like... It takes a little bit of like self reflection to get to a point you know that I don't know that these guys are e- exercising you know right. all that often and um maybe that needs to be a more more a part of those like conversations we're talking about because yeah for me it's very logical like that's kind of how I look and view at these things like you know i it doesn't make logical sense as to why I would feel this way, you know when I understand what it's rooted in, you know, it's very easy to just abandon
1: that. Understand why, really understand why it's wrong and push it away. I don't know. It's funny. People like them, like, fascinate me. I don't like to, people who say, who who are adamant, not the people who like, who end end up dating to racial because, you know, they just fell in love. But people who are adamant and go out and say, I don't date black women. I find it interesting because I just be like, I'm seeing all this and you don't want to date. You say I find none of them attractive. Let's just off looks. And then just get into know them personality-wise. Like, you know, not everybody's the same. You know, what you believe is stereotypical what they're looking for. 90% of these ladies or 99% of these black ladies in this world are not are not that. So I just find it fascinating listening to, like people say, I'm not into black women. I don't date dark skin. I don't date light skin. I'm like, so you've dated every black woman in the world to come <laughs> Right. To you've seen like, every, yeah. Because, you know, not, and, 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 and to be honest with you, this actually goes into what these these manosphere, you know, you didn't call it, are really about a date and a vice. Mm-hmm. And the question
2: yeah. is. Dating, self-improvement, I would say. And, yep. Well, I don't know if I'd call it self-improvement, but like self <laughs> <new> and worse. <laughs> right. I, I, they're less about self-improvement or like, and just more about how you should view yourself.
0: Yeah. It's right. Like
2: Kevin Samuels, Jordan Peterson's. It's what they believe they're owed and how they think they're supposed,
1: this, the place that they are supposed to hold in society. And the question um, is about these advice, though, is like, and, and oh, he said it from the Joe Biden thing is like, are people getting good advice? Like, right. Yeah. like, To the people who are black men, Especially these the the managers I'm going in the black circle to black men who are single, right? Who are not in school, who are you know got some type of job or so, who are just like of an age where they're not in college, where they have to actually actively seek out dating partners. And the question is, is like I'm listening to it, and it's not just the guys, just men, because I do listen to another podcast called Eight at the Table, which I think is more of a New York podcast, a New York thing. And the ladies, <laughs> talk the way they talk there. And to me, it's just more of like the advice I was given. I'm like, I think social media has created unreal realities. Yeah. To the point, we have unreal expectations. Like I'll say unreal. to this day, on 8 at the Table, I was listening to our episode. A woman said 300000 like her ideal man, $300,000 is not life-changing. I said, ma'am, do you know the American economic system (laughs) for capital that an average person makes? For you to say three hundred thousand is not life changing.
2: Does she like date in those circles of people who met? I mean, probably right. She's in media or something, so she probably does date people who make more than that. But and
1: and it's interesting you bring that up because Kevin, I watched the Kevin Samuels and Brittany Renner interview, um, interview, which is like my first first time watching Kevin Samuels like from beginning to end, and you know. He wasn't like how a lot of people portrayed him. He was actually calm. But he said something to Brittany Renner that I thought it was very interesting and said, Brittany Renner, your dating pool is not America. you date dating athletes and entertainers who make up a certain income. To you, that is like high value man or the type of man should be making that income. I'm from corporate America. What is considered high money is 100000 plus. It's like, mm-hmm. he's making 100 k And like, you know, this expectation, like, you know, wake up one day, we're flying to Jamaica for vacation is unrealistic because I could be a, a corporate lawyer We say we fly fly to Jamaica, but I'll be like four months from now and I got to like set up a schedule <laughs> plan and call my bosses. You understand what I mean? Like these advice, like these expectations that social media is creating, which now these podcasters are using that and trying to make it this reality and saying this is like living is like that's not realistic because now (laughs) black men are saying i'm the prize you gotta do this for me and all that woman is saying i'm the prize Gotta do this for me i'm just like none of that makes sense me being a guy in a relationship you know like (laughs) i I can't survive if i was single right
2: yeah dude um this is just like and i part of it is because it's it's such a recycled topic, but like on Friday on Twitter, that was, this was the big thing that folks were talking about. Uh, fucking. Oh, the $80,000 or (laughs) (laughs) $70,000. So so to to preface the, what he's going to say, like, so there was a tweet that basically said like, you know, uh woman will make, I think it was eighty thousand dollars. The woman is making eighty thousand dollars, but won't date uh, guys that make seventy thousand dollars because, like, exactly. they want someone like at a level like higher than them or something like that. So that was the uh, context for. It. Yeah, yeah, and so folks were like, you know, thinking like, man, I, you know, these women are not making this much amount of money. They, it was part of it, was like both downplaying like what um black women are making generally like a lot mm-hmm. of you know a lot of them and then part of it was just like you know people arguing against other people's standards and right you know but i mean like i completely agree like that it, it just was a reflection of what you just said like people are acting like where even like the majority of people are even making enough money to be talking like this. Yo. most people are <laughs> struggling. Like it's yeah. keeping it a fucking buck like right. Most people are not are a few paychecks away from being out on the street. Yep. You right. You yeah. know like sure. a lot of people date down. A lot of people ignore salary disparities, you know, major ones to to date because a lot of people re- really know, like I think, better and are not really going to be persuaded by that one way or the other. Um, but yeah, social media has this really warped view. Like I think that it really uh, is not an accurate reflection of the the mass majority uh, the reality. Yeah. Like, yeah, reality generally, man. Um, and folks don't don't mind getting sucked into the same fucking conversation. <laughs> Like, you know, every couple of days, these perennial like,
1: debates that we have—we just live for it. And it's funny; yeah. people, people make money off it. You know, that's why it's there because you know, like you know, we got dating apps, you know, hinges, and all this. I just feel like, to be honest with you, you know, I think to me the best. You know, it's when we think about, I, you, you said it like there's not good. um Advice going out here. I'll say this. There's this one show I watch on own called Ready to Love. And Mm. it's a dating show full of 30-year-olds and upper where the main host, you know, have these people be intentional about what they're dating, but technically be realistic. You know, like, Mm. you know, you're not coming here with these high like I want this, that, and that. It's like you you have your list of what you want. You know, you could talk to different, you gotta talk to different dudes and fill it out. But you have to understand, that list, by the end of the day, will be in the garbage. Because your interaction with the people will actually define your new list of what your expectation is, you know, because how you interact and how you vibe with that person. But also being realistic about you, like, you say you want this and that, what do you bring to the table, you know? And, you know, and then what do you bring to the table? Is it realistic? Is it matching? It's like, you know, so I'll say this for soccer, sports world, it's like, it's like a player being sold for two hundred million, but you only pay him nine million in salary. I'm the disparity don't make no sense. You know his worth and what you're paying is not connecting. You got to be even. Like you got to understand, you know, the similarities. So I just feel like you know, I like that show because it's, it, it it says it it grounds people's expectations in reality, which I feel like Kevin Samuel's and all that does not do.
2: I can see that for sure. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, social media, you know, is where we go to dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I feel like that's kind of what it's become in a lot of ways. I mean, but at the same time, you know, in Twitter and stuff like that, you, especially in Twitter, like, definitely have a, uh, I mean, I realized this for the first time, like, in the political, like, landscape where, like, you know, a lot of things are said and believed. You know and a twitter community but they don't really translate to like real life like yeah. you know um and so i think that that's part of what the situation is um and i think that that's you know beyond politics. Politics. say it again like splitting rent that that's what that comes to mind <laughs> like right <laughs> it's like let twitter tell it like none of these women are having paying any bills and like Sure, any financial burden when we know that that's just not what the fuck's happening it's not yeah it's not accurate like i don't like there's no statistics that bear that out like there's no truth to that like yeah and i mean you know we all you know are the high highly educated you know high high demand salary like people who i mean i don't know like we so but like even our lives I, i mean I don't want to presume anything, but even our lives aren't like what they talk about on Twitter all the time. (laughs) You know
1: who I blame for this? What's that? I think athletes and entertainers for creating an expectation market that's unrealistic. Not like, let's say athletes, for example, their employees, not every every job is paying their employees 12 million a year. Right. I mean-
2: Is it athletes' fault? Like, they've there have always been extremely rich people outside of you know the highly visible ones, right? Entertainers and athletes to us. There have always been people who are living on a different level who enjoyed a lifestyle completely unknown to us. Like, Mm. maybe athletes made it more visible and accessible, but Mm. folks got to love their own expectations. I don't know why you would. Think that you need to be treated or are going to live like this person who makes exponentially more than you will ever make like yeah and like it not be in those spaces like i mean you know you yeah. can't be a britney renner and like you know you can put yourself in that environment that's one thing i mean you know all three of us met our partners in law school <laughs> you know so like if you're around people who like uh, have access to that sort of wealth and stuff like that you can definitely, like, make that a reality for you. But if you're not, then, like, it's, like,
1: really kind of, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, like, again, it just sounds aspirational. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't like get back to I'm glad I met my girl in law school. I don't I could survive post-law school dating market. It's easy out there. Look, we're all, like, in
2: committed relationships, man. Uh, could either y'all see yourselves in this dating pool right now? Like, the way it is no man we were having this conversation in a, a group thread and uh somebody brought up like predates like the idea of like oh let's meet up like for coffee and and you know I guess like the guys using that to like suss out whether or not he actually wants to take this girl out they call it like predates or whatever I'm like I didn't realize, like, and and the girls were, like, completely, you know, opposed to the idea, like, the notion of, like, pre-dating like that, and I was, like, I mean, I thought coffee meetups were dates, (laughs) I didn't know that was, you know, a pre-date, I thought that was a date, and I was, like, but that really made me realize, like, in my head that, like, yo, I don't think I could be single right now. I'd be trying to, you know, take a girl to Rock Creek Park and go hiking, thinking <laughs> I'm doing something cool. And she's like, this broke-ass dude. <laughs> Bro, yeah, no way would could I be in this, this. It's crazy out there, man. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking now, like, am I being influenced by social media in this unrealistic way too? Like in the last topic, yeah, uh, with finances, but I don't right. know, like, really, really though, man, um, it's difficult. Like, if you're looking at if if you're looking to settle down with someone, yeah, I, it's hard, man, to imagine having to do that right now with with what I I see and
1: know is out there. <laughs> flyouts outs and stuff like that man it just I, can't, I, I, I I can't survive man I can't survive especially and to me I think it's really down to finances too because finances is is how you know it's how personally, I think finance is how we date you know I, I had a coworker ask me would you date if you're like I had I told like I had a rule that if I'm broke I don't date because I first year of, first semester of law school technically first year of law school I didn't understand student loans. I had first semester, I didn't have no money. You know, you guys know I had a room, I was in a, an apartment and with four roommates, all in the same room, you know? And oh, like, I can see housing
2: is ridiculous. Yeah, it's though, like
1: but. I can't date because I'm in a room with four guys. So I gotta get my life in order before I start asking a girl to invest in me. And I was just like, you know, that's why. I, so I believe like finances define like how you might date. And I was asking a coworker, like, would you date a dude who makes 50000 after taxes and live with his parents and has a law degree and is a prosecutor? And she said, I'm already talking about you, and laughed. And I was like, yeah, dude can't survive out here because she didn't respond. I was like, you know, because girls are saying dudes at 29 can't be living with their parents. It's like, I don't want to live with my parents. It's just my salary and I'm in New York. Yeah, the
2: housing prices are nuts everywhere. Look, <laughs> that's listen. You're not an outlier, dog. That is most people in our age groups. Yeah. It's not most a significant amount. A lot of people living at home. Like that's a result of you know, like we said, these changing environment, this changing environment mm. where you know we might not be blue collar workers, but a few. Decades ago, it was definitely easier for you to get a house or a home on that kind of salary or comparable one, and advance yourself in life the way like we expect to. Right.
1: Um, to the world has changed, you know. I'm saying around us too. To me, the reason why I said I couldn't date because, like me, if I'm looking at my current job, and I wasn't asking a girl out, and she's dating around, and if she's dating someone who's saying like. Yeah, let's go to Jamaica for vacation in two months. Like, I lost the battle. I can't bring that to the table, man. (laughs) I can't bring that to the table. We could go to Jamaica Avenue in Queens.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not Jamaica Avenue, nah, man. I think I mean there's some there's some real truth to that, you know. Like, uh, in the uh, kind of going back to the thing I was saying in the last uh conversation about like, like I think that there's something true to the idea of like self-edification conversations with men like do need to occur and stuff like that like you do need to uh like high value man in theory isn't necessarily a bad like thing to try to like mm-hmm. aspire to um but in the way that this the conversation has been monopolized by you know Manosphere type people like <laughs> is, is there's only one version of it, but like there is a truth to like yeah, man, you do have to you know build yourself up um financially, stuff like that, in order to be marketable in the dating scene. Like, there's nothing wrong with like saying that, but like you know, that's not the way that it gets spun. Not to go all the way back to the other conversation, but to the to the point though, like yeah, I I do think that um you know finances definitely play a huge role in dating. Like, um especially like you know when you get to to our age, like I think you guys are approaching thirty. I am <laughs> over that hill already. So. <laughs> but we'll, be, yeah, we'll like, be we'll be there with you, man. Hey,
1: man, it's it's knocking, it's knocking. Shit, <laughs> I'm already thirty. Shit, this shoulder pain has been lasting for two weeks. But it <laughs> two days.
2: Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think. I understand your point to a degree, but it does go back a little bit to what we were talking about. Um, Most people are not able to like hop a jet, book a flight for two months out and go be in the Caribbean. Like I know we saw it on social media all during the pandemic. (laughs) We, you know, know people like who are high earners and were able to avail themselves of those types of things, like made new investments, did traveling, X, Y, and Z. But bro, most people are just not man or woman are not able to do that. No, we've definitely our perception is a little bit like we're. I think we're like entrenched in a world or like a a social media community where that's way more visible to us. Mm And shit. And so we're, we see it and we think it's really common. And sure, having that like amount of money will allow you to do that. But most people just do not have it like that. You know yeah. like, you And know I think what? a lot of people are more understanding of and
1: considerate of other things that are more important than the ability to like, to, like you, buy yeah. nice things. You know what <laughs> ease my pain for all this if I was in a dating market and i us say I was What's that? If I was a trying to get a girl. She's dating around and she's talking to some dude who's saying, you know, who took her to Benihana's and I can't take her to Benihana's because I'm trying to be realistic with my finances. And he's saying like, you know, uh, two months, let's do a vacation. You know, we're dating, but let's do a vacation to Jamaica, but are we not claiming each (laughs) other? Well, (laughs) we could do a vacation. We could do a vacation in three years when we do claim each other. I just want to see the IRS tax tax, the IRS account. That's, that's <laughs> all I want to see. If, this, if you come back saying this man is living paycheck to paycheck, I'll be okay. It's like, all right. You're going hard. I'm not going hard because I'd rather have savings and just live within my means and date within my means. But if the dude has like liquid cash, it's like, yeah, girl, I got a check out. I can't compete against this. <laughs> this is your man. He is for you. I'm yeah. not. Unless you're into me emotionally and love me, emotionally but we're in the first date so that's not really happening so yeah
2: <laughs> i don't know but i think you also like i mean i've always, i've only ever like dated in like my environment so like you know when i was in college i was dating college girls when i was in uh teaching i was like dating around with teachers and stuff like that and like law school obviously but like i don't know i've always stayed within like you know my economic socially economic strata so i never really had to worry like people understood, you know what my means were. <laughs> that exactly,
1: exactly. Nah, but I knew Dayton was. Uh, I knew Dayton was serious because I didn't date like realistically in high school. You know, it was like when I college and I asked a girl out on the first day. Went to the movies, gave them my my chase card. I was going up the escalator. I get a text message. So I'm thinking, like, who texted me? It's chasing you overdraft. I said, "Yeah, we ain't going on a second date, ma. Like this date, <laughs> end of the year, moving on because I'm broke. I can't be doing this. You know, I'm not one of these. I'm not one of these finesser's who can still finesse and not have anything. But look, look, man, I don't know. I right now I'm happy that I'm in a relationship. I'm glad that my girl liked me for me. I'm glad that the environment that I had, I got to." Date her in that situation because I feel like it was much. You know, I feel like it was it was a deeper. Because man, the way these manosphere fear and the way people are talking, it sounds like you either, you got to come in a hundred, or you're not getting you're not getting drafted at all.
2: <laughs> very few, very few of those outlets, man, yeah. these platforms are actually like encouraging people to be a good person. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, likable, have like confidence. Like Ethan said, just like, you know, have some self-awareness. It's about right. like how you're perceiving and what you can offer yeah. as far as the message that they're sending. And I just don't feel like that's what we should be hearing. Yeah. I'm starting to get like uh, marriage advice from people. (laughs) (laughs) it's it's starting to trickle in now that I'm engaged and stuff. Um one of the good pieces of advice that uh all my friends gave me recently though he's like a lot of like being a good husband is just about being a good person. Mm -hmm. Um and I felt like I was like I thought about that I I said on that's dope. And uh it's like I feel like that's just true of like relationships too, right? Like a lot of being a good boyfriend is being a good person. Like I think that um, so to to what you're saying, oh, he like, I, I, that's a big thing. Like the they're, they're not teaching people how to be good people, right? <laughs> they're not teaching men how to be good people, and I I think that that's, I mean, you know, it's a lot of, I mean, even then, like a lot of uh, dating cultures, like, focus on like, especially from the male perspective, is always focused on you know, conquest, like getting a body count, having a high body count and stuff like that. Like, dudes need to like. Look for a girlfriend. It's it's a looking for a girl to like have sex mm-hmm. with. You need to be looking for a girlfriend. Like I think that's that's the thing I've learned um, at my big age. <laughs> 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 is that like you, you need to be looking for a girlfriend, man. That's why I, that's why I guys don't like trust girls. Like oh, she's only after my money and stuff. Like you never try to form any sort of relationship with anybody. So like you're never going to trust them if you don't try to like form the foundations of what a relationship is. You're always going to assume that the girls. Well, only want you for your money if you know you've never availed just you've never shown them anything more than you know your resources. So nice. I don't know. <laughs> that being said, starting my new uh YouTube channel. There you go. <laughs> Fuck the fiance. Like, I'm gonna put you like, hey, I'm gonna teach you, I'm gonna get you right.
1: <laughs> now talking about dating, you know, Connie West, you know, went from confessing his Trying to get back with Kim Kardashian to now he's dating. You know, yeah, y'all t- I know y'all wanted to bring that up. Y'all talk to me about that, like, because I seen I seen um a article like an article from this lady talking about how she dated Kanye West.
2: Julia Fox, man, from Uncut right. Gems. She's a
1: model, I think,
2: and and she was in uh, right. Un- Uncut Gems, the Adam Sandler movie that was on Netflix a while back. Um, she is gorgeous, by the way, so. Yeah, um, <laughs> I see what Kylie's doing there, but like, yeah, that that's the part that actually uh, was interested to me was like, why go so public with the relationship when you keep making these public like professions of wanting to save your marriage? <laughs> <laughs> I guess amazing. Kim has been out here with Pete Wentz and shit, so maybe it's tit for tat. Maybe that's what's going on. Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. That's Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> <Follow> up with <laughs> Yeah, bro. I don't know what this saga is right now. I feel like uh they're they're really messing with us cuz she or they they made it clear that they were filing for divorce or whatever, but yeah. she's still showing up at all his events. She was at the Donda shows and yeah. his Yeezy Season apparel stuff and like okay then she's like (laughs) then 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 they're dating other people and he's buying a house across the street from her and he's on drink champs i just i'm i'm kind of sick of it man like (laughs) well you know there's like people uh they call it conscious uncoupling now Mm -hmm. where it's like a much more amicable like divorce situation where like you know like we we're still rooting for each other and like You know, we still want each other to do well in life, but we're not going to be married anymore, sort of thing. Is that? I mean, that's what it's called, conscious uncoupling. Is that like
1: Jeff Bezos giving his ex-wife half of everything? He didn't have uh, not give her half. half (laughs) (laughs) But but,
2: uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's similar, like uh, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates sort of Mm. thing, where like yeah, like they're like being. I don't know. I mean. To me, it just looks like a healthy divorce instead of a toxic one. But um, I don't fair. know. Kanye and Kim, like, it's Virginal a little toxic, too. Like,
1: <laughs> You know what's funny? Right. I don't think it's toxic. I think it's like we have it, like, one-sided. Kim filed Kim filed for divorce. She's been quiet about her stuff. And it's just Kanye talking. That's true.
2: Yeah. Kanye is the one who's more Kanye out is here. Yeah, Very factual. Like, we're not really getting anything from Kim. Kanye is just Kanye is the one making these public, like <laughs> I said, these public statements. Uh, yeah. Uh but doing something different. I don't know. He had, had another girlfriend before her too, before Julia Fox. I don't remember. Yeah, her. it was like a
1: Italian model or French model. Right. Or some model. Like, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Kanye so. got the type. That's what I feel like. It's just this thinks clearly <laughs> Kanye got the type. And it's funny. Talking about public, you know, talking about public. Trying to get your girl back or stuff. We're talking about the Kardashians. Yeah. Yeah. yeah about we just the Kardashians. Uh, this one to me is just wild. Because this, like, you know, everybody, I think everybody's seen Tristan publicly, you know, uh, his IG press release. <laughs> Tristan accepted the child that he denied before and apologized <laughs> to Chloe. And to me, I was like, one, do you have to make this public? And two, First of all, you went to court to deny this baby and revealed how you were cheating on Snapchat and all these cheating scandals. So now you are accepting and apologizing to Chloe and asking for forgiveness. But someone said it the best. I don't know why Chloe shouldn't forgive because this man had to disrespect you in public multiple times. I don't know if there's a message he's trying to send. Like I'm confused because <laughs> There's only so much disrespect you can have and you just be like, I still want to be in a relationship.
2: I don't know, man. She might be a closet masochist, bro. Like I think she might like in public humiliation might be a kink or something with her. <laughs> like this is bizarre. I I'm I'm joking, but it is really uh sad to see her in this situation. I mean, she's an attractive woman. I said, you know. My top top two Kardashian for me is Khloe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why she's...
1: Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> nah, after that clip, after the um, Twitter clip that Ohi sent, I got to cut her off the list no matter what, because that was... I did not know that was... First of all, you guys told me that happened years ago. One, I'm surprised oh, was years She ago. said, like, she was
2: called an N-word lover, and she said she loved Black Clark. I guess I probably should have censored myself with that one too, but whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah. but to me, i was just confused because I don't think I had heard social media go ablaze over that years ago. And two, that was aired on TV, and she and she said the n word like with such pride, like I'm an n lover. I'm like, what? Wait, she was like, yeah, you should tell them that, like I love black. It's not my fault. I love black cock, and I'm a nigga lover. I was like, yeah, say it like that. Of course, you good? <laughs>
2: Bro, uh, listen—it's we the jig has been up with that yeah. women, man. We we know what's up. That family, that you know, like besides Courtney, man. Was was I the only dumb one on New Year's Eve? Uh, who was confused? I really had thought this family had left television, and turns out they're just moving to Hulu.
1: Oh no, I thought oh. they were done too.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if y'all saw that on New Year's Eve they dropped a promo. Like they got a Hulu show coming. It's called The Kardashians or something. They, they basically <laughs> just moved their show from A and no E to E or whatever. Probably. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I oh,
1: thought the show man. was done. Nah, man. They so just, just moved. They just
2: done with E. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> I thought for sure. I was like, damn. Like they just gonna leave TV. Like that was an era. Like end of an era. Like it's over. And then nope. <laughs> They has got a better deal.
1: <laughs> it's funny because I don't watch the Kardashians. Me and my sister, we used to watch it like hella a lot. Young, know, well, technically, we used to watch Lamar and Chloe a lot because I thought that was a I thought that was a cool ass on um, reality TV. I thought that was like a sincere one. And I thought the love <laughs> that Lamar and Chloe had was real. And I like Lamar and Rob's relationship. I just noticed when when Lamar went down and got a drug problem, we never saw Rob again. But um to me. What I was gonna
2: say. I was gonna say
1: something about that
2: show. Hey, she did date Lamar for a minute too. Yeah. hmm She dated, has she dated the best uh NBA players? Or Kendall. Well, Kendall's with Devin Booker. Or is he with no, she with uh is it Devin Booker or Ben Simmons that she's with? I don't know. Oh dang. Not not Ben Simmons anymore. I think it's Devin Booker currently. She dated so she's dated Ben Simmons and Devin Booker. Chloe's right. dating. Lamar and Tristan, she got a for uh James Harden. I think James Harden might have, yeah, James Harden, French Montana. No, we're talking about NBA. NBA, I'm to figure out okay, she dated James Harden. She was like, she's got the (laughs) best. Kim Kim did not have a good record in the NBA with
1: Nah, it's on (laughs) freeze. Wait, but can you say did it was James Harden really dating, or that was just like a smash and go? Either way, either way, uh, linked yeah, romantic relations, like, right? I was gonna say, my favorite Kardashian moments will always be when Kim slapped the shit out of Courtney and fucked her up. I don't know why. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't, I for some reason, when I saw that, I feel like I saw it was like you see Kim before she dated Kanye married Kanye, and Kim while she married Kanye, like you could tell something changed in Kim, like she's just very strict. And I say that to lead to my second point when, um, what's her name? The Kardashians' mom. Chris. Black black boyfriend, if they're still together, talking about um, spanking Uh Courtney's kids. And Courtney was like angry about that. And I think Kim said something. I was like, yeah, she spanked her kids. And I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I can see there's a
2: difference in like parenting here. You think, nah. you think Kanye put a, a battery in her back? <laughs> acting more crazy? <laughs> but,
1: yeah. All right, y'all. It was good talking to y'all, man. Happy New Year, man. Yeah, great, to go,
2: good talking y'all. Glad to be here, man. Glad to join y'all. Appreciate Thank you, that. You, bro. Happy New Year. Thank you, Ethan. You know, where can we find you? Yeah, man. At Ethan Zebediah, C-E-B-E-D-I-A-H on Pretty much everything, Facebook. I just got a TikTok. I don't use it yet, but I do have one <laughs> now uh Twitter, Instagram. Um and yeah, we're doing politicking on Twitter on Tuesdays and Thursdays, six thirty Eastern. Uh so catch us on Twitter there. Um other than that though, I'll be around.
1: If you're into politics, or if you're just into if you're a fan of Ethan from the Black and <laughs> Jack, if you're a fan of the Beneath Boys podcast, you know definitely Tune in on that Tuesday and Thursday, join that space, you know. Tap in, tap in. I I feel like, you know, one thing I I like about these space, you know, that's being created. I feel like this is like another form of therapy for us, you know, just to talk about things and talk about issues, you know, that were essentially for for us watching people on TV and that's not be decentralized for the common people to discuss, you know, topics. So, you know, definitely look out for that. Um, Bene Boys episode Any, anything you want to say to the fans oh no man i think you uh, said it perfectly all so right so
2: looking forward to the new year man appreciate you yeah
1: we out peace. peace
0: go tell your friends about it about it go tell your friends about it about it go tell them what you know what you seen how i roll Go tell you it's about me. I'm that nigga with the hair, singing bout popping pills, fucking bitches, living life so.